Well, welcome to the third Wildlife West Crown Chronicles podcast. <laughs> Chase doesn't like the uh, laughter or the clap. It's too trick. loud, I promise you. Well, that's okay. They don't have to listen to it. Anyway, thanks for being here. There's actually four of us here tonight. We were, we thought it would just be Andrew, who's been on here a couple of times or once. Or How's everyone doing this evening? Andrew Brilski and then Eric Pittman. Hello. And uh, Chase Myrie showed up tonight all of a sudden Uh-oh. coming down from Oregon. Yeah. Welcome, Chase. Welcome. Welcome to the herd. Thank Good you. to see you. So anyway, we thought we'd get together and do another one. We're getting ready um, next week to head out to the island. Then we'll start hunting in September 21st. We'll be the first hunters coming into camp. So um, Andrew, Chase, and I will be heading out there in the very beginning. Tim Kelly will be coming down from Texas, who you heard from. The mayor, the mayor of Eagle Lake, Texas. And... Uh, then we'll uh, hunt for a month or so, and then Eric will show up October 21st, First. Yep. somewhere in there. 21st. So Eric's coming out to guide with us. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to push hey, that button. Eric, how, can you tell <laughs> me you. the exact date that you wrote that on your calendar that you were coming back? The instant I stepped on back onto uh, the mainland, the, the dry a, land of <laughs> yep of Long Beach, of I Long had Beach. marked down on the calendar. When am I coming back to Catalina? <laughs> Three hundred and sixty-five days, and now it's already back again. It comes back yeah. fast. It really, it's crazy how fast the year goes when you're out there for three or four months, and it comes back that quick. Um, back to where we're back out there again. So, so we're all looking forward to it. We always do. It's fun out there. We all have a good time. We all. Everybody gets along well. I mean, we have a good crew. It's pretty. That's probably the funnest part of the whole deal is everybody um, has fun together. And uh, yeah, even with the, yeah the hunters, everybody all meshes. The di- all the different personalities, things. It's just a fun deal. It's just it's hard to explain to people when they go. You're going hunting, but it's also we're there. It's entertainment too. I mean, we have fun. We're um, showing people a good time. They've been working for 50 work weeks out of the year and they're ready to go hunting and um we give them a show and have fun and kill deer and and do our thing so yeah it's and to the biggest thing is that all our guides were friends outside of our fall life in being there on the island we all yeah. hang out together and absolutely yep go golfing go vacations go do stuff together we're all good friends so that's that's the good part of it so been fun so so eric came out geez way back when we were still at white's landing when the first time you came out eric and i started way back when bull riding that's how yeah. we met in chico i didn't know what i was doing i was getting a bull i didn't even have a you know they wear the protective vest i had ordered one it didn't show up i met eric at a he were, was working at one of the stores and we kind of hit it off and he goes you can borrow my vest and so it kind of went from there and we traveled together for number of years of bull riding yeah, and at least eight to eight to ten i know yeah. i was uh competing for approximately 13 years did a little college was it really mm. yeah college down at cal poly and then um yeah a little bit afterwards by the way i was terrible at bull riding but i do have a buckle but it was yeah i was a donator <laughs> i wasn't a bull rider <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun on the road meet a lot of great oh, people geez see it, uh, the fun the stories the guys we still run into and talk about the good old days that was pretty fun yep no one got hurt too bad and we have aches and pains here and there but not not to take away the memories that we all got from it that was pretty fun yeah so anyway then eric came out with you you came out with marcy your wife yeah yeah. it must have been 2006 or seven we got married in 2005 so somewhere after 2003 we came out oh was that when it was yeah um yeah we came out there in 2003 at white's landing um yeah, I'd come out uh, periodically every year, every other year, and uh-huh. help out and yeah. hang out. And then you started guiding four, four years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yep. First Start. time you came out way back then. I was able to fit into the rotation, and and it's been a lot of fun. Do his time, yeah. So he's been an integral part of the team out there doing doing lots of hunts when he can for about a month. So, yeah. But there's lots of... Lots of fun stories, lots of things we pick. He gets up way too early in the morning. We get up at 
four in the morning to get ready to go for a hunt. He's up at three thirty making coffee, ready to roll. As soon as he walked down the stairs, blurry eyed, Eric hands you a cup of coffee and goes, right. "Get in the game. I've been up for an hour. Let's go." <laughs> that's right yeah you can sleep when you're dead and then andrew will get up right before we have to go out the door like with seven minutes to go before we gotta leave and andrew comes wobbling down the hill and comes out (laughs) in the same clothes he had on right previous day and then we go and and at some point you gotta take those off and you gotta take a shower can you do that hey i do take a shower (laughs) no doubt about that so, so yeah. So Eric, uh, who was your first hunt? What was the first hunt you did? Um, Do you remember? I don't I, know if we want to name names, but well, it depends on the hunt went. We won't <laughs> say was, names. We will not it was, say uh, names. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a good. It was my my first hunt had a single because there was an odd number. And oh usually yeah. We always have two. Yeah. And so um, yeah, the guy and I went out and did some good hiking and. Um, he did go home with some meat. He, Eric uh, likes to get out of the truck and go, you know, that's part of guiding is, um, and I've said this before, it's, you got to tune how you guide to the physical abilities of your hunter. You can't take off over a hill yeah. with a guy who can't keep up with you. So, um, you got to yeah, read him that way, but I learned it's the, fun to have guys who have versatility and go and do whatever you want to go do. Yeah. I learned yeah. the hard way with a gentleman who I didn't realize enjoyed the old vape pen and uh oh the vape pen yeah he um, when they go behind the bush and they try to be all secretive no it wasn't secretive it was vaping well the vape pen's not a big it's the cigarettes where they think they can try to pull and you go nope no but his lungs couldn't keep up so when we we did a big (laughs) hike it um yeah i broke him off pretty good oh and um yeah that was a small mistake but i i'm not a vapor and uh but he had that was probably the last vape pen he ever smoked hunting uh, yeah. he could be dead by now <laughs> what was <Yeah>. his name <laughs> no he's a good guy the yeah. two guys they were they were great guys he um it was eye-opening for him to uh to do those hikes and uh yeah. and uh yeah the back to that the first guy the single you know we, we um that first evening went out into a place where I'd, i know had seen some deer and he shot his uh got his doe out of the way and so then the next day and a half all we had to do was buck hunt doe's like Thank you. you get the bucks? <laughs> he had an opportunity at a very nice buck. Um, and a phrase that this group uses a lot, hesitation kills nothing. Oh, yeah. Ooh, the big Unfortunately, one. hesitation, he was trying to get comfortable laying prone on the ground and kept trying to get comfortable and get comfortable and get comfortable. And I, it's so just, yeah. There's times you just got to get shit done. Yeah. That's there. The opportunity's right there. That deer is I'll only going to give you seconds, deer. and you go, "Hey, you got to do this right now." And when guys start fooling with their, first off, the worst thing when you go, "Hey, there's a deer right there," and you look at, you go, "Hey, you're going to shoot that," and then you look at them, and they're looking through their binoculars, and they should be looking through their scope, ready to roll and shoot it. And don't and, tell them what it is either. Just say, yeah. "Hey, there's a deer right there." Because shoot it, it's a good yeah, one. It's a good yeah. one. Just let's trust let's get it done. Yeah, if but, the deer seen you and you don't have the time to. Unfortunately for him, it it didn't work. Um, good experience for him. He 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 learned from that. But uh, what was nice about that was I was able to on the next set. I was actually with the the Kuyu group. We were able to uh, find that deer and put a ridiculous stock on him and get down to him. And uh, yeah, he shot him at just over three hundred yards. Oh, nice. And yeah, it was it was a good three by three. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's when it happens. So when you guys you hunters mess up on one usually the next hunt we'll get to send you a picture of it <laughs> go here's the deer that you messed up on so so yeah that was cool it's been fun having eric out there because we've been friends for a long time now so it's pretty cool for that to come around full circle talking full circles as comes back for me for uh my son chase guiding with me now and us out there i mean he was just He's, he was basically born on the island. He, When he first came out there, he was uh, six months old when he came out to White's Landing. And so he's been in the skinning shed since wee little guy. I mean, I have pictures of him where he always wanted to wear the rubber gloves, you know, when we're skinning the deer. And we give him a dull knife so he could kind of grind away at like two years old helping out. And, and he could spot deer from a, a young age. He's got, you know, like all youth have the good eyes, but been out there a long time so 
He actually came out um, when I had when COVID got me pretty bad back in twenty one. Yeah, yeah. must have been where the guys all stepped up. That was a, a rough year. It nailed me right towards the middle end of September. So I was knocked out for two months, but all the boys stepped up. Andrew especially stepping up, but Eric coming out there early, and Jake Berry, and Gappa, Steve Gappa, and Tim Kelly, and geez, who else? Well, then Chase, he was still in high school. He had his guide's license. He was, he'd had it since he was 15. So he took a couple weeks off from school, took his schoolwork out there with him, and guided for two weeks out there to fill in the in the space and How'd that first hunt go for you, Chase? It was uh It was a learning experience, huh? It was probably <laughs> I would say it was one of the most difficult. Just because I got the whole nine yards of the cigarettes, the <laughs> It was just an older group, so they when you're sent- seventeen years old and you're driving these old guys around that have been hunting their whole life, it's yeah, they're th- they're looking at and which is tough because we've all been there when you're each one of us when has. you're young and they sniff you out and they're like I'm getting stuck with this young guy what why how did I draw that straw but they don't realize too that <clears throat> all of us have experience because we started out long 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 time ago it happened to me I remember guys not wanting to climb in the truck with me when I was 21 going I want to go with the older guides but you got the youth on your side you got eyes on your side and and um chase had been doing it. he'd been there since he was well, like i said six months old out there in hunting camp so. but it was also it was literally my first hunt all by myself so that was a huge oh boy Big jumping step. into it and that is so that was taking control it, it wasn't like oh i'd been here for three years so i couldn't tell him that was, <laughs> you say i've been here since i was six months old <laughs> i've been here three days ago <laughs> yeah yeah and then you get the raw uh, personalities that are like they want to take control that's as a guide you got to take control and go hey this is what we're going to do yeah it's Um, hard when you have you're guiding two guys and the whoever won the rochambeau is going to shoot first but then the second guy you look over your shoulder and he's gone and he's around going over the other knob to go do something (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you've got to rein him in um after you tell him to stay at the truck yeah, and then or, you get, <laughs> or you're hiking along and then they take get in front of you and go over the hill way before you're ready to be. Yeah. And you're like, hey, hey, he hired me to do this. Let me do my job. It's 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 very hard in the beginning. It is hard. Um, Every, everybody's gets, excited. Until you get some time under your belt where you can say, and then people get to know you. Um, a lot of our clients, 95% have been coming with us for for a long time, so they know us. And they it's when you get the new guys that they're like, unsure they don't know what's going on they don't know you their personalities that sort of thing it doesn't take long once they're with us for half a day or a day they fall in love with the hunt and what we do and what we are because we're entertaining we're yeah. we're out there um giving them a good time they they they've spent weeks working 50 weeks out of the year and they're sitting there can't wait to come out to go hunting and so it's awesome to get them there. They're all enthusiastic, ready to roll, and so are we, and, and give them the time of their life. And memories, just creating memories. That's why I look at it. That's what we build. We build memories and make memories. And and those memories, too, last with us. Yeah, well, Chase still remembers that yeah. one. And you remember the other ones that you had. I yeah. mean, it's just, sometimes you remember yeah. uh, the misses more than you do the, the kills. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's, that's all of that's. That's the whole and the, package. And then when they come back the next year and they tell the stories and it's just, it's all around the campfire. It's, it's good fun. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what it's all about is building those things. So, so like I said, we'll be heading out there in a couple of weeks or starting in a couple of weeks. We're heading out next Friday. Trying not to but, overpack. Oh yeah. Take <laughs> too many t-shirts. Way too many t-shirts. <laughs> you always sit there, you're packing your bag and your stuff and everything. Oh, I need this. I got to Oh yeah. Oh, I need those. I need eight pairs of shorts. Cause I wear those all the time. And, oh, 17 Kuyu shirts and a couple of wildlife West t-shirts. Oh yeah. I need all of those. And Oh, I better order some more Kuyu gear. Cause <laughs> I do need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Guilty. We, then you try to remember what you brought last year and you're trying to see what you didn't use. Yep. That you guilty. brought. 
Kuyu is like cocaine of camouflage gear, I think, because you look at the stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, I need some more of that. Oh, yeah, that guy wore that last year. I think I need to get that. Yeah, and we all are guilty of that, and we've been with Kuyu for a long, long time, and um, they've come out and hunted with us a few times, done some photo shoots, and uh, Cash came out a couple times. He's been out there. It was Jason's son, and Jason, his first first hunt ever, I believe, was with Mike with his dad Mike out there on Kettling way back when they were hunting goats and pigs and uh, so they've been out there so it's been pretty cool to be all part of that and see them uh, be successful and um, have a good time so so yeah we're pretty ingrained in Kuyu and it's great gear that's why we we use it because we test it to the max there's nobody tests gear more than we do out on that island that island eats it eats up trucks. It eats up boots. Boots. It eats up bodies. <laughs> yes, it, it does. I mean, it it grinds you down, especially with the amount of sleep that we get, and when we're going day after day after day, and and it it does. But it's a cool place. I mean, I'm fine with it, but I've left a lot of my blood, sweat, and tears out on that place at times where, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. No. To be it's, it's out a... there, it's such a cool place to go, and whether you hunt or not just to go out there and see Catalina and if you can go out there and hike and see the beauty of that with the sun rises with with the the Catalina Conservancy has opened that up so much for people to um, utilize the island and experience that I mean you're sitting what how many millions of people are in LA 26 miles away yeah and you come out to Catalina you're in a whole different world which is very very cool and um, like I said, you don't have to be hunting to enjoy that. You can just go out there and hike. We enjoy. It. I mean, the sunsets. We've that last one last year when we had some of the wounded warriors. We were helping yeah. them out. Caleb's group. Yeah. Um, Got that panoramic. Super cool guys. And we took uh, guy. I can't remember his name. He went with us out to the West End. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moon. You the, and I and, was, the, and, Chase and Chase was there too. Yeah, the full moon was coming up on one side. The sun was setting on the other side fog was rolling in yeah and I, we got that panoramic of all of that it was yeah on, you did a photo you have on your wall huh? yeah i yeah, ended up putting it in uh campus. you can't you can't replace that stuff and that's like i'm saying we're building memories not not just for our clients but for us that yeah, we'll have very forever, fortunate so. but uh so yeah so it's kind of cool to have chase come back around all these years later to be guiding out there and uh so for me that's pretty neat but yeah. it's also just with all the friends that I have that that go out there with us. And oh, and you're shaking this. We are. This is the Crown Chronicles, and we are. We got, Chase doesn't have one. He's drinking lemonade. But I think it's a Shirley Temple. Could be. <laughs> oh, I wish it was a Shirley Temple. Doesn't you know, taste good. You don't need that much sugar anyway. So, so anyway, yeah, we're, we'll start this hunt on the 21st and get to running and going and um i think the guys on the first hunt we've hunted with them for years and years dave's group um yeah they, they're quite colorful pretty fun they're they're a blast i mean all the guys i i can't really think of and that's how you kind of weed things out um but all of the hunters we have we have some great guys that just come year after year uh, we've gotten to know them so well they're like friends of yours so that's that's the fun part of it too so but uh yeah, constantly meeting somebody different. Uh, whether you, every once in a while you get somebody new, and you um, and you learn, you're learning from them too. Just in uh, not just hunting and other real life experiences, and yeah, uh, make good connections. Yeah, and know. it's guys that you talk to during the off season that yeah. hit yeah. you up and text you and see how everything's going, yeah. and you build that relationship with guys yeah, that and keep coming back and that, every year. That reminds me of the just a. I mean, we all have plenty of stories, but yeah. It, uh, guy I took out was his first time hunting with his son he unfortunately was unsuccessful but then I wasn't there the following year he went out with you guys and he was successful and he instantly texted me pictures oh yeah, yeah. last year yeah he was, hunted uh, with Tim yeah Kelly it uh that was cool that was a, yeah. you know he he had a great time um and he said just from his first hunt he learned how to be a better hunter and then it was it, it paid off. Yeah, and I was I was gonna get into that about going on a guided hunt. Some people are like, What's it cost? I go, Well, it's gonna cost you three, four, five thousand bucks, whatever kind of hunt it is. People are like, Oh, I can't afford to do that. 
I remember guys used to call when I was up in Northern California doing pig hunts, and they go, 600 bucks for a pig hunt? And I go, listen to me. Here, let's break this down. I go, how many pig hunts have you been on on your own on public land? Oh, four or five times I went out there. How many pigs did you kill? Zero. How many did you see? Maybe none to a few. I go, what did it cost you to do that and to learn how to hunt? How much time did you take off and you fed yourself? I go, you go on a guided hunt. You're going to get there. We're going to walk you through it step by step, whether you're a novice hunter or a seasoned veteran hunter. You're still going to have us there with our knowledge of the land, knowledge of the animals, knowledge of hunting. and But you're also going to get a bed to sleep in. You're going to get food taken care of. And there's a price to education. You will learn a lot from us, but you pay for that. There's always a price to being educated. I don't care who you are. You will pay for it. So a guided hunt's a great way to go, whether um, you have the time, because we've already done the scouting. We've already been out there. We know what to do for you. So you're not burning up your time. You're getting to go on a hunt with us and, and learn something and not use a lot of valuable time because most people nowadays, everyone's so busy and to lose all that time for some people, it's time they could have been with their families on some other things. Now there are times where guys, you just want to get away for two weeks and you don't want to see anybody and that's fine. You can go do that. But guided hunts are a great way to go to learn how to hunt and get some ideas and i still learned some things from a few guys here and there i didn't think of not much i'm pretty seasoned <laughs> no, i'm just kidding but um there are things you just go well i didn't think of it that way and i can do it this way or that way or you know when we hunt different than some other guys may hunt i mean i glass a lot we all glass a lot using good optics i mean i think most of us all have leica stuff which are good optics i mean there's lots of good ones out there there's depends on what you want to pay you get what you pay for, I believe, but, um, yeah, but, uh, um, you just can learn different. Sometimes we get out and hike and walk and go for miles. And then there's sometimes what I call speed hunting where you just go and point to point to point, looking glassing. I don't see what I like there. Boom. I'm off to the next one and keep moving, covering ground. So people can learn from that. I mean, we all, but we all have different ways we hunt too. different. It's hard to go help one of the other guides if you got to mop up on the last morning because you're like i wouldn't do it that way but if you're helping out you just sit in the back and shut up and let the guide do his thing because everybody hunts different we all do i think one of the biggest things that you know you can teach hunters that come out to the island and they is there's a time to be patient and then there's a time to be aggressive like oh, a yeah. lot of guys that come out and they're yeah. like oh there's a buck let's go after it. no that's not the move we're gonna make like let's watch him let's see he's gonna do where's he gonna bed and then we'll let let's, him make the move see where he goes and then sure you be aggressive patience patience kills yep that's right and it does that's a two-fold deal patience kills because you will if you do things right you'll kill something if you do everything right but it also i've seen it just especially turkey hunting it just kills guys to go, nope, we're going to sit here and wait. And they're like, I want to move. Let's go. Let's. Where are we moving? Patience. Have some patience. I know it's killing you, mm-hmm. but have some patience. And too, when, you know, you're glassing, you get a lot of guys that, you know, on the patient thing, and then you glass for 10 minutes, and they're like, oh, where are you going? It's like, we're going to stand here, sit here in glasses canyon you proved that with jimmy reed a couple years ago huh i did it was we i was in the bear we were in the barrel that hunt and jimmy's one of those guys that you know we go hard and we glass and glass the whole island wherever we're at and i was we weren't turning anything up and i went to a spot that just didn't you know no one would go or you know didn't have many deer and i just figured hey this is gonna turn out this is the last evening and i'm putting all my eggs in one basket and it paid off right before dark and we shot a bomber buck yeah but you made him sit there for i did a couple hours it, two it was two hours we sat there sat there glassing and glassing and, and then glassing. deer started coming out and then the one buck came out that and a lot of people can't do that especially when they're like tomorrow's my last morning if we don't get something now you know that's hard to do it is for any of us it's hard for me as a guide because you make that call you're like hey we're gonna sit here till dark 
and like 20 minutes into it, you're like, Ooh, did I mess up really bad? Yeah. <laughs> should I should have been over here. I know that's a good spot over there. Well, where did Eric go? If Eric's over, I should have went where Eric went. <laughs> it, yeah. And there's times that did, that is true. And if you're <laughs> in the barrel, went. it's, uh, it's, we all go through it to where you're just like, how is everybody else seeing everything? And why is it, why can I see it? Like in the barrel, I don't know if you get, I think I explained this maybe early, maybe not, but the barrel is <clears throat> everyone and all the other guys are bringing stuff in and you can't find it. You can't see anything. You haven't found anything. You can't make anything hit the dirt. And you just feel like you're in the barrel and you got to dig your way out of it. Hopefully when you go on a guided hunt, everybody has good days and bad days. Your guides will have bad days. It's just where they just, things aren't right. And sometimes the hunters, the weather, it could be your timing. Yeah. I mean, you just, it just can't make it happen. It's just things aren't going right. And you can have a hunter who can't spot for you or can't hike very far or get things done because he takes too long to get ready to shoot something so that doesn't help but it puts you in the barrel but we do have our bad days so that's kind of where the barrel that's what we call it i'm in the barrel you've been in the barrel chase yeah um, the first hunt you want to go back to your first hunt? Like a, yeah, the barrel. First hunt. <laughs> a small it's a small barrel like a five five gallon bucket a little tiny Just yeah but it was brutal <laughs> it was brutal a five gallon bucket is cement but on the positive side when you're in the barrel, you sure hope that somebody tags out in your group, and now you've got another guide with you to help, and help you, you out. Yeah, because uh, it's all a team deal. When I think we've talked about this, we're there for the clients. We're not there for our own egos. It's to get those guys and their animals. And so you tag out, you jump in a truck and go, "Hey, let's go in the morning. I've seen something over here, or let's go there. I'll help you." We got the more eyes, the better. That's just what we do. We grind and grind and grind until you get it done. Keep grinding, never stop. So. But yeah, but um, glassing, I mean, like you get back to, we, all of us, at least we do, use Leica optics. I really think that's important for hunters to get through their head. When someone goes, what's the most important hunting gear you can buy? And to me, it's the optics because it makes a difference, especially, and people are like, well, I don't want to pay $3,000 for a pair of binoculars or a spotting scope, but my this other mid mid range brand it looks as good as yours and i go yeah they do during the day they all look good but where you make your money is the low light levels first light last light and those the better quality glass will get you there over the mid range glass and i can't it happens with us when we're looking through our binoculars and we it's right there and guys are looking through their scope and they're like i can't see it right and you're like it's right there if you're using like a Swarovski or a Zeiss something those are good glass and I know there's some other ones and I'm not going to bash on any other ones and they are good stuff but if you can pay the money and step it up and get some of these binoculars with uh, range finders in them that's a game changer for us for just knowing knowing the range of the deer um, or whatever you're hunting and not only that I use them you know I'll look out there at a thousand yards and see a buck's laying on a ridge. I go, yeah, I'm not shooting that from there. Because people go, why do you have a rangefinder that goes 3,000 yards? Well, here's why I use it. I look out there at 1,000 or 2,500 yards, but then I... can range everything I, else around and you I, can I range see a ridge. Or where that deer's at, you can range him and then range a ridge that's next to him or that's in front of him and you can see what that distance is yep. across there. You just subtract that and go, that's where I need to get to and I can win. Yeah. And that's where that, or the other times I've used it were right, especially last light in the day and you shoot a deer down in a hole and you're like, where is that thing in you? It doesn't even matter if it's a brushy, bad area. You range that deer from your spot and then you go down in there and it's once you leave your point, your advantageous spot, go off to go find this deer and you're like, where'd that thing go? I think I'm pretty close. Well, then you range back to your spot and you go, oh, I'm still 100 yards away from where I was supposed to be. So now I can sit there and hit that point back there and go, oh, he should be right in here because I'm really close. and fine. It's, it's happened for me many times. And now with the new, um, the Leica Pros, I have a pair. I mean, you can hit a point and it puts it on the map for you now. So it's getting getting pretty techy but where where does technology stop and where does hunting where's the fine line because 
we've got guys shooting a long ways too you know now we've got this long range stuff where guys want to shoot five six seven eight hundred thousand yards is that hunting or is that shooting you know where do you want to go with that one so but technologies it helps us big time just having shooting sticks those primos trigger sticks the three legs we all carry them because it's an automatic rest in the middle of where you just don't have a place where you can get a guy a good rest on you know you can't always go down prone go on the ground you can't find a tree but trigger sticks have made a huge difference for us and our success yeah nothing's flat on the island no not that place the only thing flat out there is a kitchen table other than that it's up and down and it just beats your ass yeah (laughs) it's brutal it will tear you down and it will leave you there yeah at the bottom it can that's where you got to be careful with your hunters too is you can leave them in the bottom and they can't get out so we've been fortunate over the years we have not hurt besides getting sore here and there and go but um it definitely we have to be careful uh hunters that have your repeat the repeat hunters who have figured out that uh, they need to get in better shape um that just brings up a story on a guy named sal that he was he hunted hard and the uh we year after year it was i had him for the first couple of years kicking his butt and yeah. uh he was one of my first hunts a couple of years ago and he shot one way in a hole and he said nope i've worked 365 days to get in shape for this i'm going with you yeah. and he went down he actually went down his buddy uh mike was that Almost, at the east end yeah at the east end I yeah remember that. that was sal and uh jim yeah jim excuse jim. me jim yeah. garbage man jim you're getting a shout out <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh sal shot his buck and then uh jim goes hey there's one right there and he shot shot it and so i used a hunting app to mark our location walked down a ridge got sal's it was not in a flat spot so i had to hold the uh, antler so i could uh, quarter it out we hiked back out went down for jim's sal went with me again um, fog rolled in. We lost our vantage point, but thankfully to this um, hunting app that we had marked on the on it, and we were able to hike out. We first we found that buck, quartered it out, hiked out, um, and we did just under three thousand feet of elevation climb that night. Got back to the house at midnight, and he could do it, and and Sal did it, and I guarantee you he loved it. It was, uh, and it was he felt good about never, himself. He'll never forget that. No, that uh, was, no, he's coming back this year. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, yep, he's back. So. No, it's cool. Those are things that, like I said, those are memories you create for somebody that um, they will take to their grave. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, gear gear is so important, and if we grind through it. There's stuff, and we use it way above and beyond your average guy who uses it for two weeks out of the year, maybe. I mean, we use it for months, and we beat the living daylights out of it. It gets wet, it gets bloody, it gets torn up, it gets no rest. Well, when you say torn up, it's not torn up. I, I have not been able to tear a pair of kuyu pants yet out there. No, that's true. I, and I have walked through some thick brush and nothing. Yeah, because if it doesn't hold up for us, it doesn't last, so we keep using it. And if, if it can make it, we use it. So. Yeah. But, yeah, that having good boots makes a huge difference on coming out there. I've guided plenty of guys in cowboy boots and tennis shoes, and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Watching them slide down the hill. <laughs> but it happens. I mean, it's where you just educate people. The funny thing is, too, though, is you'll the stuff you're wearing and using. You'll see those guys come back next year. And they have your gear on. That's Same what, stuff you had. Yeah, that's what those gear yeah. companies need to know, is, and they know that that people see what you use and they want to use the same thing you do because it because it lasts and it works so but uh yeah i know you've talked about it before but the uh the truck's taking a beating too oh, how geez. that island like you mentioned eating boots that that island eats vehicles eats too vehicles yeah um and then there's also that. the uh the accidents that do happen um whether it's your fault or uh <laughs> The sheriff's fault. <laughs> was that was a couple of years. That was, was during COVID. That was the COVID year. So I wasn't out there. I called, I called the boys. I go, hey, what's going on? It was later. It was dark, so I figured they were heading towards the house. 
So we were driving the, down. The I was hill. on the phone with Andrew. Yeah, yeah, he was on the phone with me. We're in the red driving wrinkle. In the, in the red, red wrinkle. Red, red, so the Toyota Tundras are pretty tough. I mean, they do break, but they're pretty tough trucks. But they're driving into town, and <laughs> Andrew goes, so there, hey, I'm going to call you back. There, yeah, there was an incident on the uh, side of the street where a few uh, of the local sheriff were dealing with it. And unfortunately for one of the officers, he uh, didn't shut his door, didn't shut his door completely. (laughs) And it fell open as I passed, which you were conscious of, which I was very, yeah, I was going very slow downhill. The door uh, swung open, hooked on the back of the bed of the truck and it ripped the door all the way forward, (laughs) um, dented up the, the sheriff's Jeep. And yeah, so I had to pull over and and do a sobriety test. No, thank no, nope. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> good nope. thing Andrew wasn't driving. <laughs> nope, I was driving, so I was good. Yep, yeah, we don't take any chances. No, it's the vehicles just take. It's so hard to keep the vehicles. Uh, I do the best I can with them preseason by getting them checked out, changing parts and things you know that are broken and squeaking and. And you still, that island will find the bad spots and wreck them. It does. It just beats them up. And then, you know, oh, Tom and Gap aren't here right here. So the red <laughs> wrinkle, and for any of you who have hunted out of that for the last few years, it's gone. We, I sold it. It's, it's, it's over and gone. But it had lots of memory dents in it. Yeah. Of course, no, I'd go, hey, who put this dent in there? Oh, not me. I didn't do that. I didn't see that. Where did that come from? <laughs> But somehow it got there. Oh, I, see, I hear Andrew digging around in the ice bucket looking for some more crown ice. <laughs> oh, hear that? Yeah, but the I, trucks do take a beating. You have to rotate them all there. Actually, I have a Ford F-250 I've had out there for six years now. I mean, it had its one incident, but that wasn't my fault from um, getting bad oh. fuel. But that, that was it. But that's been a pretty, pretty tough truck, but... Oh, they all have. I mean, it's just it just beats him up, and and uh, that was pretty funny about the sheriff. Though I remember that night clearly. Yeah, I felt, I felt bad for that. Yeah, he's dealing with an incident, and then he's got to deal with his incident. <laughs> and he knew what he did too. Yeah. He, he's like, oh, I messed up. But, yeah, felt yeah. bad for him, but yeah, yep. Yeah, and the island's a cool place too. The city of Avalon, the people out there. Um, you know, we know the. A lot of the sheriff's deputies and the people that have been there forever, the islanders that are very good friends of ours yep. that are Welcoming. great people. Um, I, I can't see enough about the people of of the island, how cool they are. And, and I get it way back in the beginning, 20 years ago when I started out there. I mean, here comes these new guys in and they're starting a hunting program. And I, I wouldn't like me either just because it's taking it's somebody new out there. And, and so... That's been it's been pretty cool to meet the people that we know out there that are good friends, people that come here and stop by and visit us and we go do things with and when we get out there it's like going to your second family out there of people that we know and it is. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It makes you feel good and welcome and um and part of the community out there. I know we're not islanders but we're still there and, and there's good people there that we like, so it's pretty neat. And Chase, I mean, he went to, started in kindergarten out there, started going to school all the way through, went through his sophomore year. It got hard. I mean, kindergarten through eighth grade is not a big deal going out there. But then when he would start out school here in Corning and then go down to the island, bounce back and forth. Was that fun, Chase? No. No. <laughs> it was just hard switching back and forth. He played football his first year out there. And uh, he got pummeled because i was like 110 pounds no actually i wasn't i was like 100 pounds because my pads were 115 pounds yeah but it was cool because all those kids that he grew up with out there there he was a little tiny kid out there and but i just remember getting to go to one of his games and andrew starts chanting um because we didn't get to go to many games but rudy 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 (laughs) he goes we want chase we want Chase, and pretty soon half the crowd at the game's going, we want Chase, we want Chase. And he was a freshman, and they don't get to play much. And so the coach is looking around. He's like, 
gosh damn it, man, I gotta let this kid I'm getting a lot of peer pressure out there and so they put Chase in for a couple of plays. It was pretty cool just to see that and but that's what I'm saying is the the community of Avalon has just um been very welcoming to us and, and very cool. And like I said, it's it's been a huge part of my life and our lives and it's just I mean, if I think of all the months out of the years, it's I mean, like eight or nine years I spent in my total of months out on that on that island so it's become a special 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 cool place so that's for all of us that's the way i'll keep going back i mean andrew's been going out since is this 10 years this will 11. be my 11th season 11, 11th yeah so i mean you're talking way back then so but yeah so um and i think last time we talked uh a little bit when we were with tim about the highs and lows of the guiding life and there, I was like, well, I don't think there is really a low part of the guiding life because when you are run down and beat down, that's not really a low. That's just part of what you do. There's more high points than there is low points. And and there is times we just get beat down where you're just kind of, this is, I'm tired. But you just got to get the grind back going and you keep going and do it so but it's nice the last couple of years we've been actually able to get take a little more time off let guys get rotated in and out of there so so yeah so i'm looking forward to this year going back out and we had a ton of rain on the island this year i think i'm hearing anywhere from 22 to 25 inches of rain so I it's know gonna that be a good year when those those deer get yep. the groceries in the water things look out they they get big, they get fat. It makes hunting a little tougher because they're not moving around that much. They're not starving. Starving animals are easier to hunt because they're out there more looking, and so you have more opportunity to see them. But when they're fat and happy, uh, yep. you've got to be in the move. right place at the right time yeah. and be take advantage of your opportunities, make sure your guys take advantage of their opportunities. So it's it's a little tougher. So, But that's okay because when you drag in those big old bucks at night, that's pretty fun. So, yeah, you were mentioning uh, the the high. I can just remember uh, one that uh, comes to mind with the uh, the bow hunter that uh, that came out. That young kid. Yep, I remember sh- him. Yep, never uh, shot a rifle. That was during COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. No, you yeah. were yep. out there. You were out there because he borrowed your uh, your rifle. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. 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 He had never shot a rifle before, so right. we taught him how to shoot a rifle. Yeah, because his mom would only let him have a. She wouldn't let not, yeah. not let him have a firearm. Yeah, so he was just... So he had a bow. So he shot yeah, right. by himself with a bow, and I dropped him off and said, work this, do this. And so uh, he did it. He said he got into 70 yards of a doe, and she just she just decided to take off. So, But he was ecstatic. He was like, I did it. I got super close, and he was like, that, that was awesome. Well, it's not good enough for us. So... Um, Anyway, Andrew uh, had tagged out, and so he um, he went with Andrew the last morning. Yep, last and, morning. Yep, and he got it done. He he used a rifle. Yep. Um, Switched over to the dark side if you're a bow hunter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for him to have learned how to shoot a rifle out on the island and yeah. then shoot a deer and yeah. go home I, and and even try to bow hunt um, yeah that's life-changing was, for him it was i guarantee it was spectacular. you it, it was so yeah. fun for us yeah yeah and all the other hunters that were there that didn't know him they were cheering him on it was right because he was brand new to it huh? brand new and he came by himself which is a testament yeah. to himself because he was very young yeah i think he was but, like 21 22 but he wanted to yeah. do it because most guys come out there with a buddy or two or four kind of a thing and there we do have guys that come on their own because they just don't know guys that hunt or that want to go on guided hunts but um, yeah, he came all by him. He knew nothing, nothing, nothing about hunting, and he came and done it and got the opportunity, which is really, really cool to see that. And I mean, I love having our old veteran guys that come out there year after year because it's like old home. We get to see him again and reminisce, mm-hmm. and you have history with them. But to get new people coming in and get to enjoy what we get to enjoy, and then they're hooked is pretty cool too. I mean, yeah. that's just a neat thing to get to see that. Um, that just you know what's that buzzing is that a phone phone. can I tell you turn your phone off Chase has got chicks calling him now (laughs) don't let him get to you Chase (laughs) 
don't stay strong. Me, don't let me get to you. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been pretty nice tonight, really. I haven't beat up on anybody yet. So, except Eric with the laugh track. So that was pretty. <laughs> that, was, that was good. So let's yeah. see here. I should probably do a commercial right now. Commercial break. I'm going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Hey, if you ever wanted to do a podcast, I got the deal for you. Spotify for podcasters is out there. It's free. It's easy. It's a one-stop shop. Um, I was intimidated for a couple of years to even try to do this. I always wanted to do it, but you had to have two different platforms to get a podcast out. You had to record it on one, edit the thing, send it over to another one such as Spotify and they'd put it out for you. But Spotify made it simple and just did it in one place. So you can record it there. You can use your own machine and record. You can put it on there, but then they will distribute it for you free. So it'll go to iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, Spotify, of course, and I think I'm on one other one. So if you ever want to give it a try, I would would definitely go this way with Spotify for podcasters. It's easy and simple and go ahead give it a try let's go ladies uh, and uh, and gentlemen hey so we're back on the air i think did we do a commercial break i think that's what happened so i inserted commercial so anyway um yeah so we do hunt a lot with clients day after day after day and so we may go nine to ten eleven twelve days and then we get a day off we'll get hunters will leave at noon and then we'll get a you know, afternoon off, then next, uh, a next full day off. So where we can just unwind. And sometimes we like to, you know, if guys have been out there, I say, Hey, go out and shoot a deer, but please go to places where no one else will go. Cause it's just too badass, And, um, we're not going to take clients there very often just because it can hurt somebody. And, but you guys have talked about something about the coffee death by coffee. Coffee yeah. hole. Yeah, we um, one morning we were out, uh, Andrew and I. And I think it starts from an evening before, maybe a five days before that we had that we went out scouting one night. Oh, and yeah, and we happened to, uh, and the rut was going on, and there's a a buck. What was he about six hundred yards across the um, what the sil- silver? Silver Canyon, Grand Canyon. Which is a deep, nasty, nasty. bad place where... It's about 1,500 feet. If, if you're not careful, you will hurt slash kill somebody. It's very steep unless you know how to get down in there. It's, and there was and we'd, we'd, we saw him and watched him do his thing. And it was like, yes, this this buck needs, needs to be targeted. So five days later a couple hunts i know andrew went over there with his hunters tried to find him if he was in a, a good spot um and I, we can't ex, uh, it's hard to explain over the over a podcast on how dangerous this area was but uh so anyway we had a, a morning where andrew and i went back out there to see if we can find him and we we um we spent all morning we didn't find him and then, then we found we glassed all morning and i mean glassed it was sitting down from it was four hours daylight till what 12 o'clock till lunch that, yeah yeah, yeah that's sat. right all the way till lunch after lunch because we had a three o'clock we had a three three thirty barbecue to get to back uh with cindy yeah and probably a pre-party at luau larry's yeah something like that something <laughs> like that and we had glassed and glassed. I mean, our eyes were broken. And Andrew just goes, you know, um, he, he gets up to just to, to look down at the bottom, just at the bottom, in the sun. And it was hot. And sure as shit, there he is, sleeping in the full sun, head turned. He just looked like this ball of fur with this enormous rack but from where you're sitting you just couldn't see him all couldn't you had to move him. was 10 well, I feet move, I, I literally moved like 20 uh, yards not even that if that if it, that it and was, i sat down and it within 10 minutes it, it was, was like, there he is in the full sun sleeping out cold um and so we decided we we had to go after him so we uh yeah we got buck fever and so we we packed our stuff up and we made a plan we looked on our so on, were you on the coffee pot 
side. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were on. So Coffee then you Fun swooped side. around to and we divide, nick- and, and we took. We wow. nick- real cool. We nicknamed this deer, uh, this buck, Death by Coffee, because either he was going to die in coffee, or we were going to die trying to get him <laughs> in coffee. And uh, yeah, the latter almost came true. We uh, we packed up and we made a plan. And on Google Earth and the position we were at, it looked good. As we started climbing down. We get down about a hundred feet. Rocks are breaking, and it's it's not completely straight up where you needed ropes, but it was darn close. It was. <laughs> we get down another two hundred feet, and we're like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And we're like we're looking at the water, clocks, we're trying hard. We're like, we got to do this. We can get down there. We can make the shot. We can get out. We'll just go out the other side. We get down three hundred feet, and it was bad. Rocks were still falling. We every rock we touched, we grabbed. It would break. It would fall. Packs were off. We were sliding down on our butts uh, through cactus, around cactus. It was it was a it was bad, bad deal. It was. <laughs> so then you decided to bail out, or you keep going? I mean, we made the decision to bail out. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we're, here, we're here today. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it would have been real bad. It was uh, very sketchy. Um, There's some places there where you'll lose a lot of hide sliding downhill if you don't die. There, yeah, there was. You weren't stopping until you hit the bottom, or you'd hope you hit a tree or land yeah. in a bush or something. Um, no. I, but, yeah, so we... Uh, you we, bailed out, and then... We bailed out. He's still alive. He is still there. As far as we know. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's plenty of places out there where you look... You just can't go there. There's nothing you can do. You're not going to get to them. It's frustrating. And it's one canyon that, you know, is super nasty. Like one of the deepest canyons on the island and it's rugged. But it's big holds. It is so cool to look at though. It is so awesome. If I'm not uh, wrong, isn't the history on that canyon where during the prohibition they used to. Yeah. I I read a book about. The boats would come in at the base or at the, yeah, uh, the mouth the of silver off the ocean, and then they'd load. Mule train, alcohol. Wow. Speaking of. Are you okay, um, Ben? <laughs> I almost, Are we going to cut you off right now? I almost spilled my Yeti Crown Royal cup over. Um, yeah, were they mule trained alcohol during Prohibition up silver, up and into Avalon? And I think it was, if I remember right on the book that I read, the, it was used the little toy store. I think it's a, if I remember right, it's across from the new Vons. Huh. If, uh, someone's going to go, oh, you're wrong. But they had alcohol stored up in the attic up there. And you could go buy. That's how they got it out there. And that's how you get through through silver. But there's a, silver's called that because there was a silver mine, I believe, down the bottom there somewhere. So the history out there is some cool history. And I tell the guys, read books because you'll find some cool stuff about the island and i tell guys i go you can tell them stories this and that and then if you don't really know you can make shit up too that, that's all i have a works. pretty good story <laughs> about silver and it was one of my first years out there on the island and ben tried to kill me yeah. oh, literally kill me yeah, I, I can have ben take it from there with, with the boys from boston so the previous year were you there the previous year when that happened I was. It was he, the last morning. And, I was with you. And it, it happens. happens. It's, it's just hunting where sometimes you're going to wound something. It's just, and you're going to lose it. You can try as much as you want to. And animals don't know what death is, but they don't, they, they don't want to go there. They just don't want to die. And, and so my guy hit a buck and he hit him good, but it was obviously not good enough. And we tracked him all the way to a really bad place into silver lost them and that was it so the hunt was over so he wounded one lost one and it was over so later the next year i'm over off a divide on one of those points looking at the silver and i'm just glassing and i look wait because i remember the the configuration of his rack and i'm looking just glassing and i see some a, a skull probably 800 yards away and i'm like that's that buck he's laying down on the bottom so when those guys came back that year we hiked out there andrew and i already had a plan andrew was with me and then and bob and jack and we hiked out to the end we're just glassing and i'm like andrew come look at this and we already knew it was there and so we set the spotting scope on i go bob there's your buck from last year and so i go uh 
Andrew, jump off the ridge and go down and grab that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, just jump <laughs> off and go. And we'll meet you on the other side because it'll be easier to hike out the other side. Oh. Holy crap. It was like, and we didn't have radios or anything, then phones didn't work. And so Andrew takes off and <laughs> you look, I get to the other side and I look and I'm like, holy crap, where he just went is not that great because that's steep and bad. And then coming out of there. So Andrew's like, we're sitting there waiting for like an hour, hour and a half. I'm twiddling my fingers. I'm like, holy shit, I probably killed him. <laughs> he probably <laughs> fell off a cliff. <laughs> Finally. Andrew comes packing up out of the bottom, and he has the skull. And, and Bob ended up mounting. He put it, he put it on the wall. He mounted that buck because yeah. it was a memory, and it's it wasn't a great one to begin with. But we did find the buck eventually, and it, it stinks that that happened. But I don't care who you are. If you hunt enough, that's going to happen to you. And if you say it never has happened to you, or you've never missed anything, then you're lying, or you haven't hunted at all because that's just the way it was. But it was a cool thing that. But I thought I killed Andrew because it was so steep. It was nasty. It was. But if anyone could do it, Andrew could because he was back then. He was like, a, what, twenty, early twenty something. He was just knackered. So off he goes, <laughs> boom, down to the bottom. Now I look at that canyon now and I'm like, oh, uh, I think yeah. I can. <laughs> I don't think I see anything down yeah. the bottom there's, of there. There's nothing except the coffee buck or whatever. Death by coffee. Yeah, Who could live forever? He could live forever down there. Yeah. No, there's always stories about bucks of that you see once, you never see again out there. They just disappear, and that's why they're big. They don't get big because they're stupid. Yeah, at times with the rut, they'll get stupid. Yeah. But if uh, things are right for them, it just doesn't happen, and they keep living and living out there. And there's some, there's just some cool, cool places to get into that are – nasty bad places that you rarely the west end has some places where you just ooh, bad well that one we had a hunt last, out there was it last year that one hunt and i don't know the name of that canyon i think ben can remember he was there he was glassing the the one off of the way called the oak ridge where you guys went yeah that was it's deep nasty dark, and the cactus out there will kick the living crap out of you oh if you we, don't have and then full leather boots reinforcements for chase mm-hmm. the next morning because mm. he hit that buck and we were down there quite a while looking and looking and if they do, they just don't want to die and they will hide they'll go places you can't go and it's just the unfortunate part of it. it's the ugly part of hunting it will happen to you most of the time you're successful but you will have days are you just not going to get them the the shot didn't do the right thing and i'll get into nowadays with copper i freaking hate copper bullets they're better than they were but lead did so much more damage to an animal and killed them compared to what copper does if copper does not hit right it zips right on through and puts a tiny hole through those and go right through their lungs and they'll still go hundreds of yards i've witnessed it i've watched it I've seen it, and I hate it. Um, like I said, some copper has gotten better, uh, but it's not like lead. It does not do the same job. And the injustice that was done to our big game animals by switching from uh, lead over to copper, I get the theory on it, but it's not fair to the animals that we hunt because lead was way better. That's just my opinion on it. I've seen enough of that to believe that, and we'll stand by it. Um, and some people are go, you know, I don't think you're right, but that's fine. You're not in the field as much as we are either. You don't know what we know. So, but anyway, I don't want to get off too far off track on that, but I think we've got a pretty good one here for now. So like I said, we're heading out there in a couple of weeks. We'll get this podcast out. So you get this before uh, we head out to the island. We will do some, we're taking all this equipment with, and you're probably going to get some podcasts that they're going to be shorter. They may be lumped together. We maybe do some stuff in camp at night. So you're going to get more on the spot type hunting and get our experiences of the day and in camp. And get the uh, hunter's experience. Yeah, you'll get some hunters on there that want to talk. I can't say that it'll all be rated PG because <laughs> that's just hunting camp. You know, when you, So we want things to be real. Um, 
we kind of tone things down here because we it's still a family show but it may you might cover your kids ears on the next stuff that comes over the next months i don't know if that'll happen or not but we will do um podcast from camp record some stuff and get it put together and we may even uh do some podcasts from maybe the buffalo nickel sitting out there with our boys out there and (laughs) (laughs) that'd be fun yeah i mean just to give you an idea how our hunts go um whether it's a two-day hunt or a three-day hunt hunters get out to the island um they usually take catalina express out of long beach get out to the island about 11 o'clock on the first day of the hunt, we pick them up, we head up to camp, get everybody situated, have some lunch, get all our tags and all our paperwork straightened out, make sure everybody's good to go and legit. Do a little half hour pre-ass, pre, pre, pre-ass chewing. Yeah. Um, hey, this is how the island works. This is how we work. We're doing safety is huge out there for us. There's a lot of people that we got to work around, and so we want everything safe. And uh, then we go to the rifle range, make sure everybody can hit a target for the most part, get them on paper and make sure guns are all good. Then we go hunting. We may we'll hunt that afternoon, evening. We may, depending on the hunt, hunt all day the next day before daylight, get home at, after dark, um, or maybe two days of full hunting. Then on that last day, we got the last morning. We hunt for a few hours in the morning, get things wrapped up. Hunters jump on the 11.50 boat out of Avalon or 12 o'clock boat, whatever it is. And then us boys head over, fuel up our trucks, and we usually end up at the Buffalo Nickel there on the, down Pebbly Beach. And our boys down there take care of us. They're great, great guys. We have a beverage or two, and we just reminisce about the hunt. So... <laughs> So some of you boys may go, hey, you sons of bitches are talking about me. <laughs> but that may be what's going to happen. It's got to be real. So um, so we talk about the hunts and how it all went and the whole deal. So we'll probably incorporate those into some podcasts and 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 uh, give you a look into our world out there, what we do, because we do want to keep it real. Um what it is and what we go through and the day after day after day of the grind of um i remember years ago i wanted to do some facebook posts where i just each day get in at night and post what we did all day and i go no one's first i was sometimes it'd be 10 o'clock 10 11 o'clock at night and i'm like eh. well too a lot of people don't know what you know goes in our day-to-day regimen no as guides and, and what and they won't you know, believe us no like from the time you're up I mean, to your duties you do and then your late nights and the dinners be- and hanging out with the clients and then you get back in cleaning things like, up and start right back over yeah i mean by getting up at 3 30 in the morning four in the morning that's when our day starts get get to camp get you know breakfast going for guys and coffee going and wind them all up get them in the trucks get them out hunt all day have lunch in the field come back in at anywhere from a half hour to an hour after dark depending on what you shot you may be two hours after you know and, and we times don't when you gotta go you know if you're going by the camp and you're dropping clients off at camp to have dinner and you're going back to skin and shed to get stuff done. Yeah, like to finish things up. And or you we all don't have dinner. And we don't like, we don't leave and go. Hey, uh, see, you, good luck. See you tomorrow. We wait around for the other guy or go help him. One of the two. Yeah. And then, hopefully, you're back into Avalon by 10, 30, 11. Yeah. To get Pretty up close, right to get up there. at four again and go again. So the grind just grinds over and over. So those like we were talking earlier those. That precious day off is nice just to catch up and kind of um, regroup. Yeah, just kind of refire up and go at it again. But if you have too many days off out there, you're like, I got to go back hunting. I can't take this anymore because yeah. that's what we do and that's what we want to do. So, so we'll get more into that day in the life of what we do and we'll try to keep it as real as possible without offending as many people as possible possible (laughs) so all you guys coming this year you better shoot straight or you're gonna be a story (laughs) 
I guarantee you're going to be like, oh, that's me they're talking about. <laughs> and depending on how much I like you, I may mention your name. <laughs> but it'll be fun, though. So we won't tear anyone up too bad because we tear each other up, too. We should have because we're on our little break there. They got in Andrew and uh, Eric got into some argument about And then Eric's like, don't tell that story. I don't want to hear that. So. <laughs> like, oh, that's real. That's what people want to hear. So we got, And we got a lot of those. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of those. So, but anyway, um, here's to a good season. Get ready to kick it off. Here's to a crown and coke and camp, boys. <laughs> See you All guys right. there. See you later. See ya. Safe travels. Checking out. We thank you, people.